Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. On Twitter at Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. Jennifer. Joshua. I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> I think that's what this day has done to me. Yeah. I'm ready for a nap. Yeah. And the uh, fact that it's still, you know, 90 degrees at 7.38 at night. Yes. Yeah, so if you hear the, um, if you hear the, the air, conditioner. Uh, air conditioner, that is why. Yes. Because it is a thousand degrees outside <laughs> in the valley. It was a thousand degrees all day. Yes. On top of the other, it's been a very hectic day. How are things in Florida, Ed? Uh, things are awesome. Food and wine, yeah. That oh, it's looks the food so and wine good. festival. I've yeah, food and wine festival is going on right now. I go on, I go every day on my breaks. Um, today I was off, which is the only day I have off this week. But I went to Typhoon Lagoon and it was super fun. Like good. I was like. I was, I was like earlier today. I was like, I'm like, in the sand in October. I must still be in Florida. <laughs> Aww. That That's like awesome. Fun. Well, uh, well, very cool. Well, um, I, I, I like missed text. I was meaning to text someone else, but Josh was the last one who sent me a text. And I was like, <laughs> I was like asking him to go to Typhoon Lagoon. I was like, uh, disregard. Unless you want to come, you can come. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, nice. I would have happily gone to Typhoon Lagoon today, but no, <laughs> uh, it was not. It was not to be. Um, yes, and so we are back to talk about Glee, episode two, three, uh, three, episode three. Whoa, we're not getting off on a good foot. We are back. Yeah, it's all good. It's all, all right, good. Don't let it th- shake it. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. All right. Here to talk about Glee, episode three, entitled "Makeover." Uh, we opened up there with the change would do you good, which is the only Cheryl Crow song I can stand. So I was stoked to see them do that. What? Yep, it's true. And no, not good is good. Ugh, so, she's so bad. Um, but the I love Cheryl Crow. What the thing about this number that was I, I had commented on Jennifer is as they were running through the streets of New York, I leaned over and I said, "I'm so tense right now." And she said, why? And I said, because they're making her run in those heels. That looks, she's going to die. Uh, on cobblestone and brick, yes. Yes. That did He's not look safe. concerned for her, her safety. And if you're a nerd like I am, whenever they're walking around the streets of New York, if you look on the corners of the frames, you will see people taking pictures of the actors. And everybody's always looking at the screen. There was one shot in the last episode where Kurt, or might have been in the, no, it was in this episode, where Kurt was running into the Vogue.com offices and you could actually see the barricades on the sidewalk and yeah, everybody filming the filming. He's coming up from the subway. <laughs> It's uh, it, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah, I noticed those things. But, yeah, uh, you do, because you're a movie geek. Because I'm a great big nerd, Jennifer. Joshua. Makeover, as we do with every episode. Makeover. I will ask you now. What did you think of Makeover? I I liked it. Um, now that I have um, you know, this visual, as I'd said, if you know the steps, I'm like, okay, we're we're another step ahead. I didn't like the songs as much this week, but I liked the stories and I liked a lot of what was going on. So we're, we're definitely getting there. We're <laughs> inching closer. Ed, what'd you think of makeover? Once again, I don't feel like this was like, like so like where Brittany, we could play. We could have complained. That there was too much music. This one, the music like definitely played second fiddle to the story. And that's what, it, that's what it should have done after coming off such a music heavy episode. So 
So it was like it was good. I felt I feel momentum, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm still I'm still I'm still season one is or season four is still this new season one, still. <laughs> Still, like, like, and what makes the whole William McKinley dynamic so interesting? I think I said this before. Is that like every there's no stars, and it's 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 so good. It's like so interesting to see these. Like, it's like every time there's a scene with a character singing, it's always like a surprise because you're like, oh, I don't like who's gonna sing next because none of them are <laughs> Rachel Berry yep. and Blaine can't possibly have every song so you're like whoa sam britney duet whoa did not see that one coming like that that was a first yeah definitely a first i enjoyed that and that was in in it was the first time sam had you know a real song and not just this you know acoustic little storyteller moment. no he had i had the time of my life oh oh, oh he okay. had a, a moment in that song okay. yeah but i mean but this I, like to me this was you know sam stepping up front and center yeah taking the lead um i loved this episode i actually this is this is my favorite episode in a very long time i love this episode it was written by ian brennan i thought it had like for me this was like um this was an early season one episode for me it had the jokes that were it had a couple of those i can't believe they said that moments um, it had Sue walking the line between being evil Sue and nice Sue, but walking it well. Uh, we had plots all over the place, and everyone was in freaking turmoil in this episode. Like, it <laughs> Josh's was, favorite world. Everyone was unhappy and yet happy in the same episode. I mean, it was just so fantastic to see things like, you know, Kurt having his big day of glory at Vogue.com. And at the same time, Blaine just won the senior class president. And yet they still managed to wound each other in the same scene. It was so complicated. And I just thought it was great. Ironically, I thought the music was some of the weakest we've had in a very long time. The music wasn't supposed to be the star. It wasn't supposed to carry the show. It was just like there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. And the, the thing is, is, if you're, they're only going to do four songs, and I'm totally okay with that. The scenes in between the songs I thought were really good. There were so many great little moments between those songs that I was cool with. It was just, of the four songs they did, I think two of them were just absolute painful. Uh, and So there were two of them that I just detested. But you know, I almost two? didn't care. Uh, you're talking about the mashup. Uh, well, no, I actually liked, I mean, the mashup was just pointless for me. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of, uh, I wasn't a big fan of, of everybody wants to rule the world. Uh, even though I love that song and I hated celebrity skin. I think that's just stupid Honestly, and dumb. I thought that, no, but, that but, was but, my I favorite. love the montage of celebrity skin. It was like, I, it, was just, was my it just felt so right. Like that whole montage. Mm. And I, I think it was so, just so, so powerful and so fitting and, I, 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 that was my favorite performance of the show. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Ugh, Everybody well. wants to rule the world is my second. We'll talk about that. What, I, thought the, what's I, thought the, I thought the mashup was like cute. I was like, it was cute. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh, wow. <laughs> was my second favorite. I thought the mashup, I thought the, I thought the. Um, Dude, shit's going down in the Berlin household tonight, kids. It's gonna, <laughs> you it's want going a piece on. of me? Let's do this. Come on. <laughs> I, I thought, I, I liked the, um, I like the visuals in it. I like the the dancing, and I like the the costume changes and everything. But I didn't really care for either song or how it was performed. It was just it was so 
forced. In, oh, you mean in the mashup? Yes, I yes. thought the I thought the the ma- I thought the song itself, but I liked the rest of it. You know, I thought the rest of it was fun and cute and yeah. The problem with the mashup for me is I felt that either of those songs would have suited the scene, so I didn't need I I didn't need them together. There was something about like the songs were but so they can. similar. So they do. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's exactly it. They they just did it because they could. It, it didn't need to be a mashup. It was just like the I want to dance and dance and dance again or whatever that crap that was <laughs> two episodes ago. Yeah. Um, it, it was the same type of thing. Like you didn't. This didn't need to be a mashup. You could have just done one of these songs and I- it would have been just. Yeah, it's like they've gotten to the point where they feel like they have to do this in every episode, and it's it's taking the you know the the, the uniqueness out of it. But that said, I, I, I there was so much that I really did like in this episode. There was so much I liked in this episode, and there were just I mean, some of the jokes were fantastic. The concepts, the, the things we're setting up here of like having Will leave McKinley for a little while, like it's going to be anarchy. It's going to like dogs and cats living together it's gonna be amazing and uh, then you've got you know the drama going on in new york well freaking spoiler alert when finn showed up i I was done i was like i'm out drop the mic and leave the room it was fantastic i loved it and he looked good yes and i think he acted that moment very well i thought he absolutely acted that moment absolutely sarah jessica parker i loved i'm i cannot stand sex in the city i think that's like one of the great travesties of of american tastemaking but she was so good and anyway we let's play some voicemails and then we can get into like particulars um but uh but anyway uh let's see let's find us a voicemail we should we we should start with we where they go (laughs) all right let's start with this one here we go Hey, Josh, Jen, Ed. So, Caitlin, the sun is shining, the tank is clean, Glee was decent, as long as nobody mentions an episode that shall not be named, I am officially Happy Sarah again. <laughs> this week was better. I wish the story was indifferent to it, though, as opposed to in a rage. This seemed to be the lampshade hanging episode where they addressed every continuity error, like why do some show fires only get one song and some get six? How could Kurt afford all those clothes? And how come we can learn competition numbers the day beforehand? I actually agree with the blame plot and the direction they're taking him in. We have to remember, this is the guy who managed to have the warblers wrapped around his every note as a sophomore. This guy knows how to get into positions of power. And now that Kurt's gone, he can do that. I like how they had the deaf show choir director back again. It reminded me of season one. And it was good to see Finn again, too. He even got to use both of his facial expressions. <laughs> a little happy lost puppy dog, and I don't understand what's going on here. <laughs> and Mr. Shu once again proves he doesn't understand that little piece of paper in his office. Sure, he achieved his dreams, but there are a whole group of new kids in the choir room who didn't get to experience it. He should be focusing on being a consistent teacher who achieves the dreams of all his kids, not just those 12. And I like how Rachel's makeover just made her look less like Rachel and more like Leah Michelle. <laughs> and you can't just break into Vogue and try on clothes without getting arrested, unless, of course, your mentor enjoys singing just as much as you do. And the Britney is stupid plot is just getting so unbelievably old. And now she's dragging Sam down with her, and he's being a better Finn this season than Finn ever has, and it's killer pep talk to Blaine, too. It's a shame. And then, Finn girls, please don't hurt me. I love Clayne, but then Blaine tried to call his boyfriend, 
this inconsiderate boyfriend. And there's a huge difference between letting a phone call go to voicemail and physically hitting the reject button. One says, I'm busy with work. I'll call you back when I get a chance. And the other says, I'm consciously choosing to ignore you. Okay, fangirls, don't hurt me. But honestly, I won't be that torn apart if they break up next week. I love Queen. They're my favorite Glee couple. But Blaine seems much more invested than Kurt does. They need some time apart to figure out if they're willing to go the distance on this or just weren't meant to be, because right now they don't seem to be all in. Well, I guess we'll find out this week. We can't listen to the podcast, guys. Bye. <laughs> totally uh, uh, talking, talking about them like they're real people. <laughs> we're, well, we're we totally all do. <laughs> I guess we do. I guess <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing. Well, let's let's go ahead and, and we'll start off with uh, with talking about the election. Uh, the election is kind of the centerpiece of what was going on at McKinley High. Of course, Brittany was the senior class president, and she was running with Darren Chris. I'm sorry. Whoa. She was running with Artie and ended up running against Blaine. I loved the moment of Blaine saying, I came here for Kurt and Kurt's not here. Like that moment of acknowledgement mm-hmm. was really fantastic. It was something that never really got acknowledged before. He yeah. came for, you know, he kind of dressed it up as like, it'll save my parents money. I think he said that at some point. But really, he came for his boyfriend and now his boyfriend's not there. Blaine was never a character without Kurt around. And it seems like the show is realizing that. And Blaine is now realizing he's not a character without Kurt around. It was really enjoyable. I thought that was a cool, a cool side of that character. Jennifer? Oh, I agree. <clears throat> As I'm choking here. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree. And I, and I do like that it's not... When, when Blaine has songs now, it's not just to be like, hey, he can, you know, he can knock this out of the park. It's actually expressing what's going on in his head. And, and that, I think that's why I really enjoyed so much the show is that they were really addressing things. And you, you got more than just, you know, situational excuses to do certain things. But yeah. they're just like, you know... You know, reflecting inward to in acknowledging or admitting what's happening in their lives. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did too. Ed, what did you think of Blaine in this episode? I mean, we're like finally realizing that Blaine... Well, not that he's not perfect, but that he has... He has a gamut of emotions other than, like, awesome boyfriend. Yeah. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling like I'm, I'm going to be an awesome boyfriend. How are you feeling? Oh, you're feeling emotionally down? I'm here to support you. So. <laughs> and, you know, the whole uh, the whole election was kind of interesting. It was... I, I don't know. I, I, I was kind of on the fence of how much I liked the election. Though we did, uh, we, we did have... Uh, at least one listener, listener Sebastian, who said he thought it was rigged and that Brittany should have won. I don't know. It seemed like uh, I thought for once the show gave us a reason why the person who won won, which was always my complaint about nationals and, and you know, regionals where they don't really tell you why mm. one team or another won. They just kind of give you the uh, give you the performances. And then when they tell you who won, we all kind of go back and go, oh, I don't know. I thought it was the other guy. Yeah. And it becomes kind of a thing. Uh but I don't know, Jennifer. The election did that? Uh, did you enjoy that plot line at all? I mean, I know they had to do it <laughs> um, <laughs> because you know they brought it up last week. I mean, not that they had to, because we know if they bring something over one week, they don't have to necessarily address it the next week. But they did, and I'm glad they did. And and I I like that it gave 
you know, all of these characters, again, a chance to not only just, you know, do something, but, you know, step back and think why they're doing it. And mm. I mean, because motivation is always in question, you know, or a reason is often in question. But the fact that they they actually justify that and um, support that, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That's yeah, and, it was, and it was, and I think it was really well done. I mean, I would have rather have seen this last year, like a, a debate yeah. versus fighting over posters in the hall. You know, <laughs> like to me, this was like, this was a legitimate or more official um, venue for it. And their record low turnout. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I really, I really thought that Brittany was going to win it when she started saying, I love you. I love McKinley High. And then it was like, no vacation? Okay, no. She's done. It was so, I mean, that was really funny. Like, as soon as she said, I love you, I was, I kind of went, oh my gosh, Brittany had her moment where she thought, they're all just going to come to see if I say something stupid. And so she says, I love you. And she stepped out really dramatically. And I went, oh, Brittany's going to figure, she's going to be a genius. She's going to figure it out. And then she said something stupid. Yeah. (laughs) It was so good. Uh, Now, Ed, what did you think of the... uh, uh, what did you think of the celebrity skin number? Celebrity skin. I, as I said, I love the I love the whole montage. Honestly, I like. I mean, I've already seen Cordy Overstreet half naked from from photos <laughs> before, so it, it wasn't like that was like. Yeah. It sure, was like something that was necessary, but I I wasn't angry about it or anything. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun and very effective. And, and I, I don't know. I would I like a good like walking, putting on the coat, getting ready to go somewhere scene. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I, I was. I think my struggle is like, well, one, I think that's a horrible song, but two, it was just like it was. You know, if you're gonna give that song anything, it's like a big grungy rock song and they were so trying to like sound grungy in their vocals you know that it was it was like it was like american idol doing a whole week which would be a horrible idea uh they could do violent that horrible one good song come on how many times have we done it on um you know rock band oh i I, of course i the whole time they were playing that song i was playing it on my rock band guitar (laughs) i can do i can play that song on rock band in my sleep yeah Uh, (laughs) but uh so the the election came and went and uh and that uh you know and and Blaine was made the class president. Uh, Ed, do you think we're going to see Blaine continuing to become a character, or do you think he's going to fade away again? There's no way he can't. They're they're stuck at McKinley with no stars, and they can only do so much with Marley and Jake. So it's like it's like they have like like it's it's like everyone who was their star just left and they're like, well, this is the, we're still working on McKinley. So we have to do something. <laughs> and this is what we have. So we have to do something with them. Let's use what we got. Uh, let's listen to some voicemails. Here's uh, here's Marie from Georgia. Hi, Gleeful podcasters. It's Marie again. Um, so two word review. No 2.0s, yay! Okay, I guess that was three words. But I feel like this has been my favorite episode of season four so far. And I was trying to think about many... And there were, like, a lot of things I really liked about it. But I think my favorite thing is that we didn't have the 2.0s. I really don't care about any of them, and I wish I did. And they either need to work on that or just continue not showing them very much and just having them be members of the club that, like, fill it out. 
although if they want to continue, they should probably work on developing them. Um, yeah, that's, that's my main thought, and I like that they are starting to develop Blaine some into a real person. Yay. Um, and that's it. What do you guys think of the 2 point of not being there? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I think that... That is an interesting point. It's always going to be hard for the, you know, Jake and Marley characters to compete with the characters that we've spent so much time with and we know at such a deep level. Um, Sorry, it just, as you said that, I'm like, Jake and Marley. I'm like, oh, Jacob Marley. <laughs> wow. Good point. That just, like, that just sounded way too familiar. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be hard. It, it, it's, you know, it was kind of, I think it's going to be a struggle for some, well, no, I guess it's not that big of a struggle for Sam and, uh, I'm sorry, Joe and Unique to compete because we knew them from the Glee Project. Like, they, we kind of knew their personalities before they showed up. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but they seem to be doing well with Brody. He seems to have become something of a character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the difference between, because when they're in New York, Rachel has so few people to interact with in New York. I know, yeah. she's That's, lucky she found a senior to spend so much time on her. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, like, like for, for our benefit, like, we can get a lot out of Brody, because Rachel's if she's not with Kurt or with or up against her dance teacher, true. no, she has to be in the scene with somebody. She can't just be crying in a coffee shop by herself all the time. Uh-huh. That's true. <laughs> and that would make for a very entertaining show, though. Uh, <laughs> let's, um, Jennifer. Oh, I thought. No, you were no. I was just thinking it's it's weird that okay, fine. They didn't have to do anything, but you're right. Like, I mean, Tina, unique. None of them were in the audience, even. And even Marley and Sugar, who were in the Glee Club together, sat three rows apart. Interesting. Like, nobody sat together. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't... Uh, yeah, no, they, they seem I'm to be pretty choosy. Much. They seem to be pretty choosy about who gets included. But it's, it's probably paychecks, right? You can't pay to have every one of these actors in the show at all <sighs> times. It's just too expensive. Let's uh, listen to a song. We talked a little bit about Celebrity Skin, so let's go ahead and take a listen to that uh, before we embark on New York. Here is Celebrity Skin, as performed by Brittany S. Pierce and Sam Evans on the Gleeful Podcast. Let's go to New York 
And uh, we had Kurt and Rachel Let's in go to full New York. Effect. Yeah. We had Kurt and Rachel in full effect in New York. Uh, and Kurt at Vogue.com with Sarah Jessica Parker. This was our first appearance of Sarah Jessica Parker on the show. Yes. And I just say, for me, Sarah Jessica Parker's character, whose name I don't remember. Someone should remind me in the chat room. Uh, it's pretty much... Is it something like Isabel Duncan or something like that? It's not bad. Somebody will throw it out Is there. Is it Dora Duncan was a dancer? <laughs> um, she was... I, I think if you really look at it, she's the exact same character as Cassandra July. They both had rises of fame. They both had missteps. They're now in jobs they don't particularly want to be in, uh, possibly over their heads. And they're looking to their students to kind of validate <laughs> where their position is. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch, but I kept thinking neither of them are happy where they are. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, p- characters who are happy where they are usually don't make interesting characters. Um, but neither of them are really like where they are on purpose. And they're, neither of them are really looking. I don't know. It just didn't. It struck me that they're re- kind of similar. That said, uh, I liked Sarah Jessica Parker's character so much more. And it wasn't only because she was nicer. Which I think is the easiest way to put it. Like, her character's nicer, so she's more fun to watch. Um, she just seems to have more going on. And she seems... She was just kind of more fun to have on screen. Like, even when she was being kind of insecure and weird. Well, I mean, because... She was kind having, of more fun. Having, having insecure head of fashion is not cliche. I, like, 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 it's a character... I mean, I, I'm, I'm, my breadth of knowledge isn't that great with these type of things, but... Like it's it's a character that I've type that I've never seen at all. Like that the person in her position is confident, will destroy you without even blinking. Like and then <laughs> then you meet Sarah Jessica Parker and that's not who she is. And the Cassandra July character is someone that like you could vaguely know already. Yeah. Yeah, we've kind but of we've seen that character the, before. Yeah. That's the difference. Angry, embittered, jealous. Yeah, I mean, I did think it was kind of interesting that, you know, you would never dream for half a second that anybody in her position at, you know, one of the world's top fashion magazines, even if it is the online version, Mm. would be somebody who was that insecure. So, I mean, it was very, um, it was refreshing, it was honest and relatable, but... um, and, and, yeah, there was something kind of sweet and charming about her. I mean, so, what I think yeah. why it worked for me is that um, she she kind of, uh, how, do I, how do I put it? Um, she, she had once been good and was kind of aware of where her station was now. She was kind of aware that she was in over her head and aware yeah. of where mm-hmm. she didn't quite want to be. Whereas Cassandra July seems like kind of in denial about the situation and kind of like taking out her frustrations on everyone around her. Well, you see, I think, I think the thing is, I, I agree that she's taking out her frustrations on everybody. I don't think she is unaware at all. Mm. I mean, I, she, she knows. And I think that's why she has to put on the strong front, why she has to be that much more challenging, that much more abusive and that much more of a closeted alcoholic. <laughs> Certainly closeted. Uh, she doesn't do a very good job at it. <laughs> so so Kurt went, and of course he conquered Vogue.com in his first attempt uh, and became a huge hit, and now everyone likes him. Uh, it, it's funny because 
all these years ago, I feel like in episode one, I should have seen this coming. Like, I should have, as a viewer, seen in episode one that Kurt was going to become some kind of, was going to go into fashion. This seemed to totally catch me by surprise in the last few episodes. And I think someone brought it up in the chat room and I went, oh my God, that's like the perfect storyline for that character. It never quite dawned on me uh, that it would go this way. Ed, did you did you see Kurt as a fashionista coming as a as a plot line or was this just kind of a surprise no, to you too? Because, I mean, I didn't see it coming as a plot line until recently because you like, you're, you're, like, I don't know. Life is just different when you're in high school and then like the next stage and then like, yeah. And so yeah, I like I thought like Miata was his focus, and like that was and that was gonna lead him to Broadway. That was like the goal. But Glee season four is the year of changing your dreams. Hmm. There, that is a that is a pretty. There's a point of your life where you might have to change your dreams. You might have to adjust them slightly. And sometimes it's not out of necessity or um, repeated failure. Yeah, I mean, sometimes there's just that moment. You just you just want something else, like you just yeah. yeah. Or in Kurt's case, like denied it for so long. Yeah, in Kurt's case too, I think he's finding he you know this is the dream he didn't know he had type thing. I mean, he this is something that he's apparently very good at and and is kind of a natural at and kind of did yeah without really thinking about it. And so if it can make him you know equally happy. And it can fulfill him mm-hmm. equally. You know, it's it's a perfectly good uh, substitute. You know, we, we, we make these decisions when we're very young, right? We make these decisions often when we're very young, like, this is who I'm going to be when I grow up. And there does come a point in your life where you go, I, you know, maybe that, am I, do I still want that? Or is it just no. a decision I made when I was five and everybody told me, you should chase that. And so I did. Like, sometimes yep. you do kind of look around and go, this is not at all who I am anymore. <laughs> yeah. For years I wanted to be a vet because I thought, you know, I just play with animals all day and then my dog died and I was like, wait a second, there's <laughs> there's death involved in this. No. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think the secret in it is is whether or not Kurt is going to commit himself fully to this fashion thing. You know, if he continues to try to play both sides of the coin, he's going to fail at both of them. He needs to fully commit to one or the other, and and in that way, he'll probably be successful. And in this case, you know, it seems like he's going to commit to fashion. It also helps when one of your idols is telling you you're awesome all the time. That definitely helps a person make a decision. Might <laughs> might boost their confidence just exactly. a wee bit. Let's uh, let's let's do a voicemail. Uh, here he is. Let's go to Minneapolis. Hi, Dustin and Ed. This is listener Natalie from Minneapolis, and I was going to talk about the third episode of Glee. And compared to last episode, which I actually hated, I thought this one was really good, and I was really impressed with it. One thing that makes me like an episode is that I actually want to see what happens next, and this is definitely a good ending, and yeah. Um, I really liked the Kurt and Blaine thing and the Rachel and Brody thing. And the only thing that bothered me was, or not really bothered me, but that sort of weirded me out, is aren't these people just out of high school? And if so, why are they drinking wine? <laughs> That's my only question. Um, but, yeah, I really liked it, and I can't wait to see what you guys have to say about it and what happens next. Thanks. Yeah, apparently the drinking age in New York is well, 18. <laughs> well, honestly, the thing is, okay, so when she was 
having dinner with Brody. I swear that was just, you know, Martinelli's apple cider, sparkling apple cider. But the thing is, it's like, if you're not going to drink alcohol, why are you drinking something that looks like alcohol? Because who <laughs> drinks, you know, if you're underage and you not buy a pizza. everybody would serve us when we were 14. That's all I'm going to say. Most of us ha- couldn't I buy alcohol until we were actually of age. I was 16, and um, <laughs> that doesn't matter now. <laughs> no, but I'm saying it looks like they were, like they had the, you know, the plastic champagne flutes because they were, looked way too light and flimsy to be real ones. And it, they were drinking faux champagne. And I'm like, why do you do that if you're, you know, if you're having pizza, you're going to either have soda or got to be milk or something like I know some people like that but <laughs> I don't know it just seemed like it seemed weird that they were drinking pretend alcohol because I don't I don't believe it was real although there was that episode I think it was the first episode when Kurt and Rachel are drinking wine together in their loft I don't their oh ridiculous loft apartment I think yeah I mean I I have had that thought before in the, in this show but yeah they're 17 <laughs> or 18 and oh I mean I don't know I've kind of like accepted like would it would it be better if they just like posted this is in a parallel universe three years in the future. <laughs> I don't, but, but it somehow coincides exactly with the timeline going at McKinley right now. Like, yeah. But they do, they've done this in every, every teen show. I've seen it in Dawson's Creek. I've seen yeah. it in My So-Called Life. Because these shows are written by grown-ups. And, <laughs> you know, 90210, the kids in high school always hang out in clubs, which... You know, like, you're like, oh, they're in high school. But, yeah, they've got Buffy. They've got that place that they go to. They, they always have these the teen clubs that they can go to. And maybe they're not drinking alcohol, but people around them are drinking alcohol. I'm like, <laughs> I grew up in the city, and I don't even know where these places are. You know, the, at the end of the day, it all comes down to what did you actually do when you were 18? Like, what did I actually do when I was a freshman in college? I sat in my room and I watched B-horror movies all day, every day for weeks on end. And that's why no one made a TV show about me. You have to, like, add some facts and fudge things a little bit just so that there's they do anything worth talking about. <laughs> Well, I mean, okay, so we, we drank, but we... I played a lot of Dungeons & Dragons as well. I just want to just just get that out in the open. Did you ever dress up in a, a snazzy wizard outfit like Blaine did? I did not. <laughs> I did not. Really? Snazzy was never a, u- a word used about me when I was 17. <laughs> never used. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's probably for the best anyhow. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, then there's been a couple. There's been a couple comments in the chat room. Uh, it, it, she was eating duck, but she's a vegan. She was. A <gasps> okay, that I didn't catch. All I did remember. All I did remember, like when watching that scene for the first time, I look over at Josh and I'm like, "We can't afford to eat duck, <laughs> <laughs> and we make way more than them." Yeah, way more than she we does. actually. We actually have an income. <laughs> we have an actual. We income. actually make money. <laughs> let's uh, let's. Just, oh, go ahead, Ed. No, I was laughing. <laughs> oh, let's listen to a voicemail. Here's listener Beth. Hey, Josh and Ed. Uh, listener Beth here. I have a five-word summary, which I think best describes the makeover episode from last week. Jake Puckerman's voice of reason, because um, first of all, the show is like at its most self-aware, in my opinion, and Jake finally called them out on, like, let's get started on practicing for sectionals now. I, I, I died. Like, I had to rewind it. It was amazing. Um, 
I mean, Blaine's usually the voice of reason, but he's concerned about people burning at this point. So, sorry, Blaine. <laughs> I guess you're on Crazy Town Express with Brittany. So, anyway, I can't wait to hear what you guys to say about the episode. Um, overall, I mean, I think it's still pretty good. I think uh, Ed is probably right about this being the new season one. Oh, God, I hope I didn't jinx that. Anyway, I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, don't encourage him. You're going to make that your hashtag, Ed. This was a very self-aware episode. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like when, yeah, when they were asking, like, what's one-third vintage? And uh, why do some, some people do seven songs and some groups do one? Uh, yeah. It was, it was a very self-aware episode in a lot of places, which was nice. As we've always said, Glee is at its best when Glee knows it's a TV show and is a TV show that's watching itself. Always the most entertaining. Or even Sue when she's introducing the debate. And, you know, she's like, this is pointless for two reasons. (laughs) One, because the, you know, bizarre introduction of the vice president. What was the other one? I forget. I'm sure it was something along the lines of, and student government does nothing or serves no actual purpose. And don't we usually wait to elect the president until a week before graduation? That's how you elect a president Mm. on the show. You wait until uh, you, you, you punish the president for not for doing nothing but plan prom but then you really elect them like a week before prom so that's you know just saves you time and effort well you always have something to complain about (laughs) um well let's listen to a song and then we will come back and we'll talk about our good friend rachel and what she's doing in new york so here's everybody wants to rule the world this is darren chris on the gleeful podcast on the show all the time that um, it it sounded it sounds better when we play it back we say that on American Idol all the time too when we would listen to the songs again on the podcast it sounds better when we play it back um, I think part of it is when you have it in the headphones and it's mixed right 
Like on here, my big complaint was that it was on the show when we were watching it was all vocals. Right. And here, everything's mixed a little better. And I still think the guitar should come way up because there's so much. There's a totally awesome guitar riff in the middle of this song, but this version just drowns it out in the in the strings and the uh, keyboards. But um, it was just, uh, yeah, I, I'm liking this a lot better here for some reason. It, it, the number didn't really thrill me. That must have been what was so distracting. But uh, so. Rachel is in New York, and she's sowing her wild oats, shall we say. She's a freshman. <laughs> she's a freshman. In an out-of-state school. With a senior. Shocking. Shocking. Uh, and, and, you know, it was, a, it was an interesting thing. She kept saying, I'm the new Rachel, or this is the new Rachel. And the new Rachel is, you know, it's, it's fun to be the new Rachel. Um, I don't know how I feel about the new Rachel. I mean, I, I don't know how different she is yet. One of the comments in the chat room that I think is really accurate is the new Rachel is just kind of Leah Michelle. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, was, I was just thinking that, like, the new Rachel's a little bit more of the real Rachel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, a, it, it's an interesting thing to call this new Rachel. I don't know. Jennifer, how did you feel about that, that concept? Well, I think, to me, I think it's more than just the exterior. I think it's just, you know, her... <sighs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's like what, what's his face said to her, you know, the real, the outer change comes when you finally accept, you know, the inner changes in you and you, you accept that that's who you are. And then the, the outward you will reflect that. And, you know, I think she's, she's, you know, growing into her confidence a little bit. I mean, the thing is, you know, we've seen Rachel in so many, you know, I will go through so many different styles. I mean, maybe it wasn't like a, a, the broadest of ranges, but you know, okay, maybe she's been like a little, you know, preppy schoolgirl. But I don't know. It's just, yeah. I mean, her wardrobe just subtly changed, and then it was just more the the, the looser hair and the no headband and the the heavier eye makeup and um, you know, false eyelashes. And uh, the uh, what is it? Nude colored uh, lip gloss. I guess yeah. I didn't notice. That was her. You know, yeah. skanky lip gloss, <laughs> dirty lip gloss. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy that she's, you know, her her confidence is growing, and I mean, I'm just she's there for musical theater, and all we've ever seen her is in at the you know in the dance class, stretching. It's an interesting point. <laughs> you know, she's there to be the next Barbara Streisand, but she's you know. She's no, that's not true. Toiling. In the first episode, she sang that song in the uh-huh. singing. Yeah, but the since then, class. since then, Rachel's only attended one class, which, mind you, is more than Brody attends, apparently, because he is always available to run around. Gosh, more yeah. than I attended, like, the first three, three <laughs> seasons of my college career. Awesome. Se- well, seasons, years. Well, yeah, but, I mean, you were, you were probably hanging out with other people and, you know, people in your class i mean he's he's hunting down a freshman (laughs) now jennifer i asked you a question (laughs) during the episode which was at what point did rachel know she was going to bang this guy and i jokingly said it was when she shaved her legs to put on those shorts but (laughs) yeah you can watch that scene back um but my other question is do you think the brody actually wants Rachel or is this just what Brody does 
Because every school on the planet, there is a senior that this is what he does. I mean, um, what's her name? Cassidy? Candy Cassidy? What's her name? Cassidy July. Cassidy July. Cassandra July. Cassandra July. She has already alluded to the fact that this is his M.O. Interesting. You're right. She did. She said, like, you know, especially when it's a co-ed. Yeah. That could be interpreted that way. Yes. Especially the young ingenues. She was like, and you just love helping people, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, that's maybe maybe that's his thing. Each year he, he, you know, conquers a new freshman or something. I don't know. There, there are times, though, I mean, he does seem to go through a lot of effort. I mean, a guy that looks that good shouldn't have to take a train 45 minutes outside the city <laughs> to get some. But I think that's... In New York City, in a performing arts school where everybody is young and beautiful and talented. It's, it's like the Olympics, okay? <laughs> All the banging that goes on when these people are in the prime of their lives, in the best physical shape of their lives. I mean... I don't think he has to try. I don't think he has to go that far out of his way for it. I mean, maybe it's some, you know, bet that he makes with his buddies that, you know, <laughs> who, who's going to who's going to snag the virgin or something like that. I don't know. See, I think honestly, though, all the reasons that you're giving that he's not the 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 the, the uh, you know, the freshman hunter as Animal Puff just said in the podcast <laughs> are all the reasons I think he is, <laughs> because I think. If he really liked her, he, I don't know. There's something about the anonymous nature by which he's pursuing her. Like, just showing up on her doorstep and saying, like, hey, I think you're pretty great. Like, that's what slime balls do. Like, it, you know, he, he hasn't actually done anything to demonstrate that he actually knows her as a person. That he actually, like, likes her as a human being. In, in the very first episode, he, he sat with her on the steps in the park and took a picture. And he's like, here, here's, the new, here's your new... Your, your new profile picture. That's you know, what it's a new Rachel. Stalkers say. Like, they're trying to take you out of who you used to be, and they're trying to say, you're this person now, and that person belongs to me. Like, I... Look what I did for you. Now you owe me. <laughs> I don't wow, know. Wow, Josh, this is really dark. Ed, what's your opinion on this? Do you think Brody's just a stalker, or do you think he's a good guy? Or that he actually wants Rachel? I mean, in real life, he'd be a stalker, but in, in Gleeverse... I mean, <laughs> just just a good guy. He's just a good guy looking out for Rachel. <laughs> In the chat room, Kate Moore says he's the Barney Stinson of Niata. It's <laughs> a lot of effort. Yeah, and by the way, boys and girls, but mainly boys, in the chat room or listening right now, the greatest pickup line in the history of pickup li- pickup lines is, "I just want you to know, I'm hands off." Boom. Like this, she went. Oh, really? You don't want me anymore? Well, it's on, yeah, brother man. That's how that rolls. Well, then I'm gonna, you know, wear my Skippy style fit and make you dance with me. Over and over and over again. Yes, right. Just keep dancing with me. I mean, I understand she needs a dance partner. She's in New York. She needs a dance. Yeah, partner. I mean, it must be really hard for her to find a dance partner in a performing arts school. <laughs> There's none there. None at all. <laughs> Um, oh, they're in class. Yes. <laughs> All the other dance partners are too busy learning how to dance yeah. and attending class. Now, uh, I have one other question uh, that I want to ask you guys. Something occurred to me as I was watching the episode that I feel the show has been portraying Rachel and Brody for the last couple episodes as 
is Rachel going to cheat on Finn with Brody? That's how I felt the dynamic was building. And then when she kissed him, I was like, oh, she's cheating on Finn. But then Jennifer totally said, Finn broke up with her. Finn, quote unquote, set her free. And so, you know, in a way, her calling Finn all the time and being like, Finn, what's going on? Finn, what's going on? Is actually kind of opposite of what he actually was the situation he was actually trying to create. And so and I'm a little torn on all of this stuff. I know I, I ship Finchel and I'm the last standing Finchel shipper in the world, but I'm a little torn on this one. Jennifer, how did you feel about that? Well, I mean, I, I technically, she has absolutely nothing to feel guilty about. I mean, I know she was very broke up when she got on the train and left the beginning of summer vacation right after graduation and, very weird timing um <laughs> you know and she swore that she would always love him and be there forever for him and she didn't want this to happen technically they were broken up and no matter how she pledged to feel about him emotionally she wasn't cheating you know now we're now we're talking at least at least four months mm. and He's not responding to her. I mean, granted, he's not really in the position to respond to her because she's he's in boot camp. But she did nothing wrong. She maybe, in some people's opinion, fell out of love too quickly or, you know, was tempted too quickly. But technically, no. I, you know. Interesting. Girl has needs. (laughs) Girl has needs. And apparently, you know, knee-high boots that... Make her do naughty, naughty things. <laughs> well, I think that's in the description, actually. When you yeah. buy those boots, they make you sign a waiver. There's a disclaimer, uh, yes. Ed, what do you think about this? Do you think that Rachel uh, is cheating on Finn, or did she just move on? I don't think Rachel's cheating on Finn at all. I think that they're like Finn was just like the right person at that time, and she's in, like, she's physically in a new stage of her life, and that that. And it, and she wanted to bring Finn with him with her, and since he willingly chose not to do that, she holds no responsibility to to like continuing having him in his life. Like she's a new mm. person, new place, new experiences. It really isn't it isn't fair to her to be like, oh no, this guy who may or may not be dating me right now is is I he holds my heart. Sorry, but. I think we can agree. Brody is not dating anyone. <laughs> He no, may no, no, no. I think to. you were saying. I, th- I think. I think you were saying Finn. I was. Re- I was referring to Finn. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. I was like, I'm sorry, Brody. I cannot sleep with you. This person <laughs> yeah. I may or may not be dating. Exactly. Genshu <laughs> seventeen says the next episode should start with Rachel saying, "We were on a break." <laughs> nice. Oh my god! I, I hope old people got that joke. Friends reference. Yes, yes, that was a friends reference. What? I hope. I hope old people got that. I'm sure a lot wow. of our listeners didn't get that joke. Friends is on 24-7. That is true. Friends is on 24-7. I don't understand why that show was so popular. Oh, that's so... <laughs> Sapien has an interesting con- concept. She says, I ship Rachel with herself, not in a dirty way. <laughs> but, it, I mean, yes, I mean, Rachel does kind of... She has been pursuing a man this entire... The entire run of this show. She's yeah. always been pursuing a man. But that is also what makes television television. And I think, like, even her hooking up with Brody doesn't necessarily mean that she's moved on. Hmm. She just... And and I know I joked on that, you know, girl has needs. But, I mean, there does get to a point where you... You know, a person needs 
something more than just a friend in the the form of support i'm not saying sex or anything like that but i'm saying you know like you you want to feel wanted you want to feel desirable and i mean I, I don't think that you know even if she has a relationship with brody doesn't necessarily mean that she's over finn this is wow this don't. is the 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 uh manifesto of the nice girl next door who's surrounded by male friends <laughs> Just saying, I had a, I was often that guy. I had a l- <laughs> uh, you make know, make no apologies for my past friendships. I just all of this makes me really excited for next week. Like this entire conversation just makes me more and more excited for next week. I'm yeah. totally jazzed about Finn's coming in. What's Finn gonna do? Mm-hmm. What's he gonna say? Why is he there? I'm excited for next week. I can't wait. Let's listen to some voicemails. Here we go. Hey, Josh, Jenny, Ed. This is Sergio from Utah, or Kid Search. And I just wanted to make two notes about the episode. The first one being that um, Kurt, it doesn't feel like Lee anymore. It feels like a different, like, I don't know, just a different show. And the second, um, the episode was great. I just don't know if it was good because Glee, Glee has lowered my standards, or <laughs> this was actually a good episode of TV. So, yeah, that's it. Bye. Uh, there you go. Uh, let's go yeah, and that's, I mean, that is a valid point. I mean, like, I think in, in, in you know, comparison, it, it definitely is better. Each, each week it does get a little better. Yeah. It's, it, it, Ed had it right. It's gathering momentum. It does seem to be doing that very well. And uh, Ryan Murphy on his Twitter said, next week is the best hour of television they have made so far. Considering it's only... 46 minutes of actual TV, uh, that means that the commercials are even going to be great, too. I'll bring my box of tissues. Get excited. Uh, here's Sammy, listener Sammy. Hi, guys. This is Sammy, first-time caller. First, my motto is, when you're a Darren Chris fan, Glee is an easy show to love. This episode was no exception. I loved seeing Blaine and Kurt have storylines that didn't rely on their relationship to move the plot. Second, why is Britney singing every episode this season? I'm not the biggest Tina fan, but come on, you've only got two senior girls and you're really going to give all the female leads in new directions to Brittany? Jenna Ushkowitz needs <laughs> a new manager. Third, I think the subtext we're supposed to get from Brittany's speech was that blame Pater before the election. No one, not even Brittany, could think that speech made sense. Finally, my five-word recap. Blaine should wear more spandex. Kitten Boy was adorable. Anyways, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Ed, do you think that uh, Brittany threw the election? Uh, threw it? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard. It's, Brittany is like... It, it's impossible to get a read on her because they want it to be that way. So, maybe, maybe <laughs> not. Equal chance of both. Yeah, I, I guess it never even dawned on me. That seems That seems too advanced for her. Yeah. But, but, then it, but then it doesn't. It's like, I don't, that's what the problem is with Britney. The Britney <laughs> conundrum. Hmm. The, oh, the Britney, the Britney paradox. The Britney like, S. Pierce paradox. You're like, you, you, I can feel, I can feel like it being so equally both ways, but it not really mattering in the end result. <laughs> I mean, I could see her. I mean, she did make a point of pairing Sam up with Blaine. And maybe she saw two friends who needed I don't a know. win that. in their lives. But 
I kn- just didn't understand how afterwards, you know, their celebratory dinner at Breadsticks, that, you know, when Sam said, you know, I got a secret for you, I voted for you, that they actually had to flashback to show it. I know, I know. I was wondering that too. Was like, like, it's like Sam's not a liar. We I believe, totally missed that. We I believe like, Sam like, when he tells I, I, us. I totally rewinded that. She was like, hold on, did they just show that? Like, was he lying? Yeah. So I rewatched it because, like, was he lying? And then, no, he wasn't. I was like, oh, then why did you show it that? Well, right. I wouldn't took him at his word. Exactly, because, yeah, like, Sam's not a liar. Sam is just sweet and simple, and not simple as in dumb, although he is showing side, you know, is hinting at that. I just, I never would have second guessed him if he said, you know, I, I voted for you. Because like, he's not, he's not like a smooth operator type of guy. And it's not like you would have to be to get in her panties anyhow. <laughs> I don't know. Right now, she's pretty committed. Uh, Sammy is actually in the chat room telling us that that was a joke. Uh, that <laughs> that uh, Brittany threw the election because Blaine paid her. Uh, so... We, we knew that. Uh, let's go one more. Well, I didn't think because he paid her, but I truly think that Brain... Brain. Brain. Brittany. I do think that Brittany is that sweet and, again, you know, simple and selfless and all that stuff. And maybe she came up with this wild plan to, mm. you know, orchestrate this thing where, you know, her two friends who kind of need a little win right now came out on top. That's pretty... That's very sweet. There neat. are some nice people out there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and take it. Uh, we'll do one more. This is Listener Sarah. Hello, Josh and Ned. This is Listener Sarah here to give my thoughts on season four, episode three of Glee, the one where they F up Rachel's character. Oops, I mean the makeover. My bad. Well, at least I can see it's better than last week's train wreck, although that's not really saying much. And I have to say, the season is really becoming the new season, too. They've basically taken all the new developments from last season and thrown them right out the window thus producing completely underwhelming episodes. The only difference between season 4 and season 2 is that the songs aren't even as good this season. Now, this episode did have its positive. Sarah Jessica Parker was great, that mashup was amazing, and really the only song I liked in the episode. The election storyline was pretty funny. Sam was on fire all throughout, from his impressions, just being on stage, pure awesomeness, I am loving Sam Adams this season. Uh, couldn't care less for Will's storyline, as usual, moving on. I have five words for you, Michael Podcasters. Danny Hudson is back, bitches. It was so good to have Cory Monkey back on my screen, but I have to say, the scenes that preceded it kind of ruined it for me. All I could think during the last few minutes was, did I really DVR Grace and I me to watch this? Now here's my problem with Rachel and Brody. I don't think they have any chemistry, musically or physically, not the way Rachel did with her past love interests. Brody doesn't respect her boundaries like he claims he does. His interest in her seems pretty superficial and vice versa, really. I still think he's a creeper who likes to put out innocent freshmen, and the guy who plays him just isn't the best actor. But most importantly, Rachel got this makeover and suddenly she's all uncharacteristically flirty and flirty with the guy who hasn't shown any interest in her, who hasn't, she hasn't shown any interest in other than a friendship prior to the episode. Now, she has the right to move on, and I understand why she would move on. She's lonely, but I don't want her character to be compromised in the process. <sighs> now that Finn is finally back, I'd like to go Rachel will come back too. Also, how heartbreaking was the look on Finn's face when he saw her? Pretty amazing, yet subtle acting from Tori Monty's. Overall, it was a pretty boring episode. I think most of it was just set up for the next episode, which I'm actually excited for. It'll be fun <laughs> seeing Tumblr explode. Anyway, can't wait to hear what you guys think. Josh, please don't tell me you switched Team Brody. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Josh. I know. Uh, <laughs> well, that's, uh, uh, that's about all I have. I want to thank listener Sarah. Jennifer, you have something else? Uh, sorry, I was going to say, we, um, one, of, one of the, I think, sweetest and funniest and most refreshing scenes was when Sue was opening, doing opening announcement, or doing the announcements of the presidency results. And she, you know, Becky does a xylophone. Oh, she's yes. Like, she's like, Becky, can I get a, you know, resounding xylophone, xylophone flourish? I think flourish. It was. And she just stares at her and she's smiling. And I'm like, it was such a cute, yeah. funny moment. And they never, like, the show is usually more about cramming in three jokes in that amount of time. But this time they just let the silence be the joke. And that I was thought a that lot was oh, really it. good. I love this one. I was so it pleased was with this. It very refreshing. Uh, well, that's about it. Sorry, you were thanking Sarah and who else? No, that's uh, oh. that's all I had. Ed, do you have anything else? Uh, not right now, no. So loud. <laughs> Sorry. We- that was on me. All right. Well, then, would Uh-oh. you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Uh, I didn't pull it up, and my <laughs> computer's being extraordinarily slow right now, so. Aww. All right. Next week, I always make sure I do them eventually. Oh. I always do. Well, that's awesome. And you, if you'd like to weigh in on anything you, we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Brunel. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. We also have a website, which is at gleefulpodcast.com. And on Facebook. Gleeful Pasta. Coming to a supermarket near you. That would be awesome. Gleeful Podcast. <laughs> Gleefulpasta.com. Uh, and you can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com uh, or on Facebook. That's where I was. Search for Gleeful sure. Podcast on Facebook. There's a lot of stuff. Everybody drink. Siren. We got a good one in at the very end that's Woo-hoo. just for you. Uh, we're going to go out here with the way you look tonight and never fully dressed without a smile, Jennifer. Joshua. Good night, everyone. <laughs> good night. Good night. <laughs> Won't you please arrange it? Cause I love you Remember you're never fully dressed Without a smile You're never fully dressed Without a Won't you please arrange it, cause I love